morning, everybody. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to Monday, the 16th day of August 2021. My name is Nick. There's Big J right over there. Yeah. What's up, player? How you doing? <laughs> good. Yeah? Yeah. Weekend was good? Yeah, it was busy, man. Yeah, I know. You were running around all God's Green Earth. And, uh, yeah, smoke-filled. Oh, boy, man. Yeah, hey, dude, it was hard, dude. It's, it's, I mean, I didn't even go out and do anything, and I was, like, just, like, I felt, like, I don't know, just off all weekend. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it was just one of those deals, and, you know, you'd look outside, and you're like, ugh. Ugh. So, to those that brave the elements, I know you were outside a bunch this weekend. That's no fun. Uh, but, listen, man, uh, wildfires are no joke. Smoke in the air is no joke. So, just make sure you're staying hydrated. Make sure you're doing the right thing, and make sure that you aren't setting fires of your own. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Hempfest was great, despite that, though. Good, good. Uh, some, a bunch of our, our pals we've had here on the show, and help uh, our friends at BlackTeacher.com are out there. Nice, man. And uh, Boise OG. Yeah, they're good people. So I, I saw picked that. up a couple hats. Nice. What'd you get? I saw the one you're wearing. What else? <laughs> what I'm wearing, and the Skate World hat. Nice. Did you ever go to Skate World? No. You're a poser. I, it's not because I didn't want to. It's because I was I did not know anything about what was happening at the time that Skate World was a thing. By the time uh, I had gotten here and started working at the station and became aware of music in general and, and concerts, uh, Skate World was no longer the the place. It was the Big Easy. Yeah, but it so, wasn't just a concert venue. It was it was like a, it was like a skating. Yeah, but ring. nobody nobody remembers it for being a skating rink. I, I don't know. I mean, when I talk to people that remember Skate World, it's like they would go there and they would hang out with their girlfriend or boyfriend when they were in middle school and they would skate it up. Couple yeah, skate it, only. Most people remember it because of the concerts that were there. But I don't know. I haven't heard of other outside of you. Slipknot played there once, right? ICP. I mean, that was the concert place. That's where a lot of people went to see some of the biggest artists. I uh, I heard bogeys and stuff like that, but I don't remember a lot of Skate World. Listen, you've been here longer than I have, so I defer to your knowledge. I'm just saying I think it was also a skating place that you could have skated. Did you not roller skate it up when you were a kid? Not here. Back in Montana? Yeah. What was the name of the place you went to in Montana? I don't remember. What? I don't believe you skated then. I remember. I did. Listen, Rolero is where I would go in Wisconsin when I was a kid. I remember that. You it's know. called, this place doesn't exist anymore in Miles City. It's, a, it's an abandoned, well, ruined building. No, no roller skating <laughs> rinks really exist anymore, man. I mean, that is not an uncommon thing. It's much like drive-in theaters. They've gone the way of the Dodo. There's like five or six of them, and that's about it. So, uh, the Roller Dome in uh, Nampa's still rolling. Yeah? You go? No. Kids ever go? Yes. Beautiful. And the the dream is still alive somewhere. It's like I said, there, there's, there's still a drive-in theater or two, too. Uh, they're around. You just got to seek them out and know that they're there. Uh, much like you do with this show, we appreciate it. And we've got some tickets to give you today for uh, you hanging around, including some Seether Passes up for grabs. That's going to happen today. And, of course, we also have a chance to do a Bearded Badass. So it should be a fairly good Monday show for you. We'll kick things off with some Alice in Chains. It's I Stay Away here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J on the X-Rocks. <laughs> On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Important stuff is brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been injured due to somebody else's negligence, The Advocates are here for you. Call 208-471-4444 or chat with an attorney online 24-7 at advocateslaw.com. You deserve an advocate. Well, Big J, when you go into an amusement park, what kind of ride do you like to ride the most? Uh, the, the line at the, the food. The food Area, line. The food court. I don't ride rides, man. 
any rides at all? Not really. I know uh, you well, have a yeah, real first, aversion. I'm, I'm scared of uh, roller coasters. Uh -huh. so I've got that fear. Also, uh, I'm terribly uncomfortable in a lot of ride situations because I don't fit. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, rides usually to me aren't something... Uh... Well, let's take you back to the days when you're not a 45-year-old man. Uh, when you used to go to the amusement park to be, I don't know, amused. Tilt-a-whirl on the Tilt-A-Whirl quite a bit. Yeah, but that's like a fair ride. It's not an amusement park Okay, ride. I mean... <laughs> that's like when you I, go down I, to the I church went, there. I went on... Uh, what's that What that one really popular ride at Disneyland that used to be... Uh, well, listen, there's a lot the of caves. Matterhorn. There's... Uh, yeah, I've been down the Matterhorn. Okay. So uh, that and... Um, God, the Space one. I can't remember Space the Mountain. name. Space Mountain. But on those. Okay. Any of them you enjoyed? No, not really. All right. I, I, I remember now that how much you hate theme parks, so I don't know why I asked you the question. No, I don't hate theme parks. I just don't like rides. Well, yeah, but that's what theme parks are. Yeah, there's a that, whole right? bunch of other stuff that goes on at Disneyland, Disney World, Universal Park. I yeah, mean, there's now, all kinds of other stuff. But I'm saying, like, when you're a kid, you go for the rides, usually. Sure. Uh, and if you're wondering what the best kind of ride is, at least according to most people not named Big J, the answer would be roller coasters, and it's by a lot. Uh, 35% ahead of the second favorite ride at any kind of amusement park. That would be bumper cars. Uh, third place were the Ferris wheel, and then any kind of log ride or water ride came in fourth. Spinning rides came in at seven. It came in seventh. That would be your Tilt the World's Big J, if you were. <laughs> and then the merry-go-round came in at last on the list, six uh, percent. I feel good on that one, too. There was a division by gender, however. 42% of men saying roller coaster is their favorite. 28% of women said that. Uh, more men also named bumper cars. Did you ever like bumper cars? In your oh, movie? yeah, of course. Uh, but just by 2%. And then when asked whether, if they're actually concerned about the safety of amusement park rides when they decide whether or not to go on them, uh, half at least were somewhat concerned, with 21% say they were very concerned, and 29% said somewhat concerned. 25% say not, not too concerned at all, and then 23% aren't all concerned. Do you ever go on, not go on a ride because you didn't think it looked safe? No. I have. Uh, a bunch of times, actually. Uh, and that's mostly those, like, corner, rickety, you know, church fairs that, that I was talking about before. <laughs> like, you would go and you go, hang on, man, I know this is a touring thing that it was just dragged off of some dude's truck like 20 minutes ago that they popped up and set up, and it is making some weird noises. I don't think I'm going to ride that ride today. Uh, so it def definitely depends on the situation. I don't think I've ever had that actual feeling ever at like an honest to God theme park. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you don't go to Universal Studios and go, that doesn't look safe. I mean, that just doesn't happen. There's, there's, I believe, at least some sort of veil of competence there that you believe the rides are somewhat safe. Uh, not so much so at like your corner fair. That's where I start to run into some issues. Clippers are trading three people for Eric Bledsoe. I don't know why. Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Atru are gone. They're headed to the Memphis Grizzlies. Eric Bledsoe heading back to the Clippers, where he started his career. Uh, he was originally drafted there in 2010 and then spent the first three years of his career there. Pelicans traded him to the Grizzlies before the draft this year, and then Memphis have been working to move him to a new team before even suiting up for them. So he is gone. Back to the Clippers is where he's going. I feel like the Clippers are giving up a lot to get a guy that's just okay but uh what do i know i'm not a uh, a nba gm despite my uh my submitted resume it's not gonna happen for me hopefully you're okay did you get to see free guy over the weekend i did not know uh, i called it i told you you weren't gonna do it on well, friday but a lot was, of people did busy all day friday Saturday. 28.4 million dollars for the opener enough to get a sequel greenlit 
at Disney, at least according to Ryan Reynolds himself. Uh, congratulations to him. Don't Breathe 2 did well as well in its opener. It made about $11 million. Jungle Cruise 3, Respect 4, and Suicide Squad came in at number 5 uh, on the box office weekend. Not a great second weekend for the Suicide Squad, but I don't think they assumed it was going to be. I thought it'd make a little bit more than that, but... Well, uh, you can get it for free. Not everybody can, but yes, uh, you can if you want to. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff for the 6 o'clock hour. I'm going to grow a beard. Presented by The Beardsmith on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yeah, they opened their new shop in Caldwell. The Beardsmith did uh, here recently. Got myself a trim and a phaser, uh, razor fade uh, there. It's right next to Stewart's Bar and Grill in Caldwell. And uh, Nick, many suspect that today's bearded badass may very well have been born bearded. Mostly because of the ease in which he can grow a full lumberjack beard. His fellow teammates from the Buffalo Bills era of his career jokingly called called him the Amish Rifle. Yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick is our bearded badass. His journeyman QB has started for a record number of NFL teams. Nick, eight. Drafted in the seventh round in 2005 by St. Louis Rams, Fitzpatrick graduated from Harvard. During his collegiate career, he became the first Harvard QB to rush for over 1,000 yards and earned Ivy League Player of the Year in 2004. He also earned the nickname Fitzmagic due to some of his off-the-bench heroics, oftentimes helping him earn a starting job. He's entered the field for the St. Louis Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans, New York Jets, Tampa Bay Bucks, Miami Dolphins, and currently the Washington football team. And, of course, not only is Fitzmagic a pretty good quarterback, he's a Harvard graduate, as I said before, and has the highest score on the Wonderlick test for quarterbacks with a near-perfect score of 49. He completed the test in only nine minutes. And when he isn't playing football, he's raising kids. He and wife Liza have seven children together, Nick. That's a full-time gig, man. Uh, Fitzpatrick has yet to make a deep run into the playoffs. This could be the year he makes that happen based on how bad the NFC East has been for the last few years. Ryan Fitzpatrick is your bearded badass. Congratulations. And he uh, is getting ready to, I guess he's in the middle of a quarterback competition for whether or not he gets that starting job. I think he's been kind of assumed to be the, the starter the, the starter there in Washington, but not a guarantee. So uh, we'll see if he ends up getting the job done. It never, it never ends up that way, but he always ends up starting one way or another. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Somehow he ends up on the field. He may not be the guy they want to have be the starter, but he somehow ends up getting on the field. And he got a raw deal in Miami anyway, so hopefully he ends up uh, turning things around here for himself because I know they wanted two at time, but it's like, man, he had him all set up for a prime playoff run last year, and then they crapped yep. it away. And there's plenty of NFL players out there, that, by the way, that sport beards. Um, and But he, by far, has one of the strongest that you're going to see. And you get to see it more often than most people because, well, he's a QB. Yeah. And uh, he didn't always have it. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, when he yeah. came into the league for the first couple of years, no beard at all. It wasn't until the Buffalo Bills era that he grew that beard out because it's so damn cold in Upper New York. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your bearded badass. <laughs> Morning After with Nick and Big J. Important stuff is brought to you by The Advocates. If you have been injured due to another person's negligence, The Advocates are here for you. Call 208-471-4444 or chat with an attorney online 24-7. At advocateslaw.com, you, you deserve an advocate. Daddy, why is mommy drunk? That is a question that was asked a lot during the pandemic. 
Uh, a new study suggests that moms with young kids increase their alcohol consumption by nearly 325%. Holy crap. From the start of the pandemic until the end of last year. Drinking guidelines recommend that you're, that men get allowed up to four drinks per day, but no more than 14 drinks per week, while for women it's no more than three per day and seven drinks per week. However, the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism found that Americans exceeding those guidelines exceeded 27% from February of 2020 all the way through last year, and then 39% from February uh, through November of just the pandemic. However... More women disproportionately reported exceeding the recommended drinking guidelines than men between that particular period. And those parenting kids under the age of five increased their alcohol consumption by 323%. That's a lot. Yikes. Sometimes you got to drink to get through it, I guess. Let's just hope it doesn't lead to long-term issues and turn you into full-blown alcoholic. That's not good. But uh, I guess, you know... There was a thing that, that was a saying that when we were kids, like, you're going to drive your parents to drink. I guess that's the truth. Yeah. Stuck at home with a couple of young kids, you got to get hammered to get through it. American Kevin Kaiser won the Wyndham Championship in a record-tying six-man playoff in Greensboro, North Carolina yesterday. It was his first PGA Tour win since 2019 and fourth overall. About six players made pars on the first additional hole. And then in the th- it was the third six-man playoff in PGA Tour history and the first since 2001. So it's been a while since we had that many people tied atop the leaderboard. But congratulations to Kevin for getting it handled. Roger Federer will not play in the U.S. Open. He will have a third operation on his right knee. The 40-year-old said the surgery will leave him with a glimmer of hope that he will return to competition. He has won 20 Grand Slam single titles, which is the men's record. He shares that with Rafael Nadal and Nova Djokovic as well. So there's some good tennis players going on right now. And this could be the end for Roger Federer. Who knows? But hopefully he's able to recover from the surgery and get out there and play. Well, Big J, it was a rough weekend for rock and COVID together. Uh, COVID caused a bunch of rock bands to postpone their shows or cancel them altogether including Korn. Uh, Wolfgang Van Halen had to cancel his performance in Montana with Guns N' Roses, and Pop Evil had to cancel their concert in uh, Colorado with Shinedown as well because of a COVID positive within their camp. So this is the issue, and that is why uh, over the weekend, in case you missed it, Live Nation has joined a bunch of festivals across the country stating that if you want to get into a rock show or a show period, you're going to have to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within three days of the actual festival taking place or the concert taking place. And expect that to be standard operating procedure here on out. Just because uh, there have been a ton of postponements and cancellations because of it uh, just in this last weekend. And this is just only in the rock world. That doesn't include a bunch of other genres of music out there too. So... Um, We know we're starting to pick up here in the Treasure Valley. We've already talked about the restrictions that are being uh, asked on people here in the Treasure Valley. Just know there's a reason why, because these shows are being postponed and or canceled because of the stuff that's happening and positive case popping up within their crew. And when that happens, sometimes it's two weeks before they can get out there and perform again. So it's fairly important that everybody on the road stay healthy and happy so that the shows can go on. The X rocks. Following story is not for kids, Big J. Oh, no. Earmuffs. As we go to Michigan for today's We're Going to Hell story. And 
man. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think I'll ever understand it. But some people just want to make, I guess, self-pleasure more pleasurable? Well, yeah. We're to push the limits, man. Try, experiment, new things. David Carradine. <laughs> yeah. How did it work out for him? Not great. Right. And uh, we are headed to Michigan where we're going to find an unnamed man. And we're going to find out why he's unnamed here in a second. But this unnamed man has made himself some medical books because he tried something during self-pleasure that is not recommended nor should never be tried. Uh, And let's just say it involves kidney beans and your junk, Big J. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, According to uh, reports, this guy apparently in his past has involved a kidney bean and his junk and during self-pleasure expelled said kidney bean and enjoyed it. And so he's like, I'm going to give that the old college try again. And this time he stuck six kidney beans in his junk. Whoa. And then he did the deed. But guess what, Big J? No kidney beans came out this time. And he's like, oh, no. So then he tried to self-fix. How? Tweezers. Oh, my God. Tweezers. This story ends in a hospital, so you're guessing probably the same thing that I guessed, which was tweezers didn't work. And the answer is correct. They did not. So off to the ER he went to say, yeah, I've got six kidney beans stuck in my junk because I was messing around. Thought it would be fun. I've tried it before, but not with this many kidney beans. Uh, And so because of the failure, he had to go to the hospital. Hospital looked and they're like, listen, man, uh, good news and bad news. The good news is we can get the kidney beans out. The bad news is it's surgery time, bro. And so they had to cut out the kidney beans, oh Big my. J. Cut, cut them out. out. Cut them out. Cut them out. Cut them out. How After performing in there? this, what the what you, well, you know how they got in there, right? No. What do you mean, no? No, I if, don't. If you had to guess, how would you guess? I mean, I don't know. There's, a lot, there's many ways you could probably do it. Really? Sure. I mean, I know I, I, I don't want you to get any more detail because I feel like we get in trouble, but I can only think of one way. Oh, I mean, you could probably go through uh, in, inside out. Inside out? What do you mean? Yeah, in through your urethra. That's not how it's pronounced. And also, what do you mean okay. in through there? Well, I'm sure you can get in there the back way. No, I don't think so, buddy. Okay. I mean, I don't know that much about the whole human body, but I don't think you can get in the back way through your urethra. I'm pretty sure that's a in one way and then out because, you know, it goes into the bladder. You understand? Sure. So you have to get through your bladder to the back way. That's what you think is happening? Yeah. No. I mean, that's an option. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, now without causing even more damage than this guy already caused. No, I believe that there is only one way that you could get the kidney beans in there, and that's how he decided to get in. Getting them out was another issue altogether. Uh, that involved the surgery, but he did make a full recovery. He was discharged. He's going to be just okay. Uh, but another recommendation from doctors. Hey, guys, don't put kidney beans in your junk. Not a great idea. And it didn't work out for this guy. So I'm not sure why we feel like we need to test the boundaries of what that part of our body can do from time to time. But 
it rarely works out. That's the other yeah, part of this. Do no, you know what it, I mean? It never does. Like, it, no, nothing. I mean, if anything ends in a good story, we're not hearing that. And probably for a reason. It usually just turns awful. Yeah. Just awful. So a reminder, listen, just stick with what works. All right, everybody. <laughs> I mean, there are some things that don't need to be improved upon. That could be one of them. I'm glad also I feel like I've never really wanted to explore that. Me kind too. Of God, me too. Part me of too. I know that there's like some sort of kinky stuff that goes into it. I'm just happy that that has not been ingrained in me. Uh, that is for sure. Morning after with Nick and Big J. Never happier to be boring as part of that part of my life. I'll tell you that right now. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X Rocks. That is the Foo Fighters. That is my hero here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Week one of the NFL preseason in the books as we are headed towards the regular season as well as having a little bit of fun in a thing called the morning after fantasy football league but there is a study out that i have issue with big j oh it is from sportshandle.com it is the 2021 drunkest fans in the nfl list and how they came up with this basically which is why i have an issue with it is uh, they basically figured out how many beers were sold per game and then broke it down per person. Does that make sense? Sure. So uh, leading the way in this particular study are the Cincinnati Bengals fans. They averaged the most drinks per game wow. at 5.2, which, of course, means that, uh, listen, the Bengals have struggled the last couple of years. Uh, they're probably the attendance hasn't been fantastic. So probably is not that long to get a beer. You're able to consume more and drink more during the game. Plus your team's losing. So you probably want to watch some of that pain away. And it makes sense that they're selling that many. Baltimore Ravens come in second. Buffalo Bills third. Chicago Bears fourth. Carolina Panthers uh, fifth. That is your top five as far as they're concerned. Drunkest fan bases in the NFL. When it comes down to the fan bases drinking the least at games, Patriots, Titans, and the 49ers at the very bottom, Big J. And wow. bottom by a bunch, 2.6 beers per game for the average person. All high is part of it as well so uh that's the the list of the least and most drunkest fan bases but my issue comes with i don't feel like you can call your fan base the drunkest just based on alcohol sales in the stadium alone does that make sense yeah because you got to think listen you're outside you're doing the tailgating i mean i'm sure plenty of folks getting hammered out there before they walk in that's exactly it like i mean you know i know that not a lot of people have had the experience to go to a packer game but the packers came in 16th on this list and uh and for those of you that that don't go tailgating is like a second you know whole sport out there at the Packers pregame. And for a lot of other stadiums as well. Sure. Buffalo Bills, I would say, are right up there as well. Yeah. I mean, you get out there at 6 in the morning. Your game might not be until 3, but you're there at 6, and you're drinking the whole morning. And so by the time you get into the stadium, you're already all lathered up. And also, Lambeau Field is a little bit different than a lot of those other stadiums out there. It's all bench seating. So once you're in your seat, you're sticking and staying. Unless somebody comes to you and brings you, you know, one of the beer guys comes to your particular section... You're not getting up so that you have to, you know, wade through all these people again to get there. You're stuck in your seat for three and a half hours, period, at the end. Yeah. That's the way that that Damn. goes. Well, I mean, it's part of it. You're in this whole experience. It's an old-ass stadium, and you're all on these metal benches, and that's just the way that it is. Unless you're, you know, up in one of the luxury boxes, a different experience altogether. And so, you know, I've only been to Lambeau Field twice, and in both times, I didn't move at all 
platform my seat for either game because you're just where you are. And that's just the way that it goes. <laughs> Frozen in place. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, the one I went in December, you didn't want to move. I mean, it was actually nice that you had that many people, like, you know, kind of next to you. It helped you warm up a little bit. Yeah. But it, it's, uh, it's a whole experience, and you do most of your drinking before the game. And I'm guessing that that's at a lot of places, too. You know, I know there are some particular stadiums. Cincinnati is one of them. We talked about that when we went and visited, where they don't do a whole lot of tailgating. They, they do a little bit of it, but it's like an hour before the game kind of a thing. It's not a whole... <laughs> Lame. Yeah, it's not a whole full-time job before you get into the game. So you take that at what you will. And I'm guessing the 49ers, also the 49ers new stadium is out like in the middle of like tech country. So it's not a lot of partiers and it's way far away from the actual fan base. So I believe that plays a role in things as well. Now, we've been around the Tennessee Stadium. That seems like it was a party town, which is weird to me. And I'm guessing the Patriots thing is the same. A lot of pre-gaming, not a lot of drinking done at the actual game. So take that what you will. But I guess if you're a Bengals fan, congratulations. You're the drunkest. And also, I'm not sure if it's a badge of courage or not. I don't think it should be. Uh-huh. I mean, five you mean badge of honor. Five beers at a football game is A, a lot of beer, too, incredibly expensive. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine throwing down five beers at a- any kind of public event because that's like a hundred bucks. It's crazy. But hopefully, uh, it does at least ease some of the pain of being a Bengals fan. Morning after with Nick and Big J coming up in a few short minutes. Your important stuff plus pop culture smackdown. Important stuff. the morning after with Nick and Big J. Oh, if you've been injured in another person's negligence, well, the advocates are here for you. That is who's bringing you important stuff this time around. Call 208-471-4444 or chat with an attorney online 24-7 at advocateslaw.com because you deserve an advocate. A new study has found that the pandemic has been hard on relationships, bro, and not just significant other relationships. According to research from University College in London, COVID-19 social study, 22% of adults around the world say they suffer the disillusion of a relationship with either family, friends, colleagues, or neighbors because of the pandemic. Some relationship that they had with somebody uh, just went the way of the dodo because of it. Adults 18 to 29 were most likely to report that they had a relationship breakdown out of all age groups. However, 46% of adults say the quality of their relationship with their spouse or partner has been better than usual during the past year. So it improved relationships with your spouse or significant other, but it diluted some other relationships with friends or coworkers or whatever during the pandemic, which I feel like makes a lot of sense. You know, you're around, obviously, your spouse a little bit more during the pandemic, so hopefully things would grow stronger. Right. And then, you know, if you had a friendship with a coworker that was, say, in passing and you're working from home and you don't see that person anymore, that relationship will not be as strong, you know? So hopefully you're able to rebuild those things that you want to rebuild, or maybe you just disconnected and it was a great play. Wait, I mean, it could also be used as a great excuse to pull the plug. You know, I know I am terrible at keeping contact with some people, but the pandemic has been a great excuse for me not to be in contact with people I don't want to be in contact with anymore. Did you, uh, you didn't want to say goodbye? Yeah, well, not even goodbye. It's just like, hey, listen, man, that person I don't see that much. I don't have to say hello. And then somebody's been like, it's been a while. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it has, man. Well, there's a pandemic going on and everything. Damn. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I just don't want to talk to you, dude. Not that you'll ever know. 
Clippers are trading Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Aturu to the Memphis Grizzlies for Eric Bledsoe, according to ESPN. Bledsoe was originally drafted by the Clippers back in 2010, spent the first three years of his career there, and then moved on and has bounced around since then. Always been a fairly solid player at the guard position. I don't know if he's worth Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo, though. But uh, the Clippers are betting that he is, so we'll see if his return to L.A. works out for the Clippers, who also re-signed, of course, Kawhi Leonard not too long ago to stick around in L.A. for four more years. Boy, Ryan Murphy is just rolling in it, man. I mean, anything he has an idea to do, somebody will give him money to put on their TV, be it FX or Netflix. And this time around, it is FX that has thrown some money his way so that they can put together a Studio 54 American Crime Story TV series. The series will follow the story of Steve Rubell, who built the Mecca for the rich and famous, which of course crashed and burned after they were convicted of tax fraud. FX has also ordered American Love Story and American Sports Story series from Murphy and has renewed American Horror Stories. That's on top of the four series he also has going on in Netflix. This dude is just cash and checks, bro. Damn. And so we'll see uh, any, I mean, I know you don't watch any. Did you end up watching the OJ one with Travolta? I didn't know. Okay. So you're not interested in any of these American crime stories things, even the one that's coming out about Clinton or anything like that? Not so far. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think, would you be interested in the Studio 54? Uh, Nah, probably not. Did you ever watch, did you watch the movie that Mike Myers was in? (laughs) No. No. Okay. So you don't have any interest in the 70s party lifestyle is what it really boils down to. Unless it's from Miami. Uh, Why, why Miami? I don't know. Because that's that's kind of thing for Miami right now. That's post or pre Miami vice. Sure, but late. <laughs> what you, you said late seventies, right? I said seventies party lifestyle. Oh, okay, not late seventies necessarily. Although that certainly is when Studio Fifty Four took place. Seventy seven, I think, to seventy nine was his prime years. The movie wasn't that great. The story really isn't that interesting, other than giving you know the rich and famous a place to carte blanche do cocaine whenever they wanted to do. Yeah, and and have a bunch of photographers there filming it. Uh, I'm not sure, other than that, much, much story there was behind it, which was the problem with Studio 54, the movie. But they're going to make a 24-episode uh, series out of it. So good luck with that, everybody. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. And, hey, let's get you set up with some tickets uh, to the Western Idaho Fair. That thing kicks off here in four days, Nick, on the 20th. Of course, the 27th Seether is going to be coming to the Western Idaho Fair. It is X Day, and uh, we would encourage you to use your uh, fair tickets here to go see Seether. Yeah, why not? I mean, the concert is free with fair admission. You might as well uh, double dip there on the 27th and enjoy the fair and then enjoy Seether later on that evening. If you want to get in on this action, you do have to defeat Big J in a little game we call Pop Culture Smackdown. you got to know a little bit about pop culture in order to pull off the victory today. 208-287-1003 is always our phone number. Right now, we'll be taking callers for Pop Culture Smackdown. Good luck to you, Big J. Hello. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, dude. How's it going? Good, man. What's your name? Justin. All right, Justin, you're up first. Justin, this actor was given his first starring role in a film with the movie 40 Year Old Virgin. Who's the actor? Steve Perel. That is absolutely correct. Right. Well played, Big J. You're up. No, mostly for directing blockbusters, this Oscar winner has also written the scripts for movies like Attila Battle Angel, Strange Days, and even Rambo First Blood Part 2. James Cameron. That is absolutely correct. Well done. Right. Back to you, sir. Lily James is an actress that is making headlines for being Pamela Anderson in the upcoming biopic Pam and Tommy. 
Which period drama first made Lily a star? I'm going to give you multiple choices. Are you ready? I'm ready. Choice one, Boardwalk Empire. Choice two, Downton Abbey. Choice three, Game of Thrones. Which one made Lily James a star? Downton Abbey. That is correct. Right. Big J, what movie did Madonna make with her then-husband in 1986 that gave her her first-ever Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actress? Oh, man. Um... I never watched it, of course. Happy birthday to Madonna, by the way. It's her birthday today. Um, I, I, all I can think of is is a different couple who made a movie together. Gigi. Gigi. Wrong. What is Gigi? Uh, I believe that was Ben Affleck and oh, uh, Jennifer. G. Lee. G. Lee. G. Lee. I'm sorry. Uh, nope, this is not 1986. That's way before that. Yeah. Uh, do you remember who her husband was at the time? It was Guy Ritchie. Uh, no. Wrong. Oh, wow, not, I'm way not, off. Not 1986. I'm thinking of the wrong terrible movie. You're then. thinking of Swept Away. Oh, which yeah. Which is awful. Right. Uh, but the movie I'm thinking of in 1986, she made with Sean Penn, was called Shanghai Surprise. Right. Oh, I don't even remember that movie either. Uh, so. It is awful. Congratulations, sir. You got yourself tickets to Seether and the Western Idaho Fair. Hey, Hang on one second. Name me an actually good movie that Madonna's been in. Dick Tracy was pretty good. I enjoyed like that. Dick Tracy? I do like Dick okay. Tracy. I mean, for the comic book I thing mean, that obviously it was. Obviously, she was good in Evita, but. Uh, well, yeah. She was good in Evita. Uh, but I don't remember if I actually saw the whole thing. I know I saw parts of it, but uh, that's about it. Body of Evidence, her best role, though. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your pop culture smackdown. We got headlines. Those are happening next on the X-Rocks. Hi, welcome to Toyota's National Sales. It's time for Headlines on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Headlines brought to you by Coors Banquet and Coors Light. They want to help those who protect our West by donating a portion of all cases sales to the Wildland Firefighters Foundation. So look for the X of participating retailers as we help protect our West by giving you a chance to win a party for up to 20 people at Section 37 Axe Room. Stocked up with Coors and an authentic Protect Our West Wildland Firefighter Pulaski Axe. We'll be out and about here again soon trying to get people to do that. So thank you for that. Headlines are as follows. People are dumb. You shouldn't do this, and finders keepers. Uh, you shouldn't do this. A Florida man was arrested for threatening Disney on Twitter, Big J. His name is Stephen Jordan. He's 31 years old, and it looks like he created a Twitter account on August 8th just so he can make a bunch of crazy threats to Disney. A total of 186 tweets in all that said things like, quote, at Disney, we're going to blow up all your executive houses with C4, and at Disney, I will toss a hand grenade through a loft window. And it all happened within a three-hour period. The county sheriff's office says he was arrested for threatening to throw, place, or discharge a destructive device because that is against the law, Big J. Yeah. Apparently, he was upset about something on Disney+, and he decided he wanted to tweet a bunch of death threats to Disney executives because of it. What it was, I don't know. Uh, And why he decided to do that, not exactly a great choice either. So lots of bad decisions are being made here by Stephen Jordan. Yeah. And now he's in jail for it. So a reminder, can't do that kind of stuff. It is against the law. You're not worth it, bro. Doesn't matter who it is. People are dumb or finders keepers? People are dumb. A Wisconsin woman accidentally shot her friend while using a gun's laser sight to play with a cat. (laughs) According to a witness, 19-year-old Josh Pleasant was visiting a friend when a 21-year-old man brought a handgun into the house. The teen then picked up the gun, turned on his laser sight, and was trying to get the cat to chase it when she accidentally pulled the trigger and fired the gun. 
The man who brought the weapon in the house was standing in the doorway, and he was hit by the round in his thigh. Pleasant said she believed the gun's magazine had been removed and claimed that it accidentally went off, but uh, that's not true. It went off because you were playing with it. She's currently charged with negligent use of a weapon, so there's that as well. Right person got shot here. Wait, what? Yeah. The dude that brought in the yeah, gun? Yeah, yeah. Just leave that stuff where it's supposed to be. Ah. Put away somewhere. Yeah, well, you, well, I mean, I understand that he, he made a mistake. I'm under the impression that nobody should have been shot. As uh, if you want to play with your cat with a laser sight, fine. Let's just make sure it's not attached to a weapon, okay? Yeah, anybody but the cat would have been, you know, okay in my opinion here. Yeah, cat's okay, I think. Uh, obviously traumatized, but other than that, okay. Wrap it up with finders keepers. Police in South Korea say they are investigating after a man bought a used fridge online and then found $130,000 in cash taped to the bottom of it. Police say the man filed a police report on August 6th saying he was cleaning the recently delivered fridge when he found the cash stash taped to the bottom of the appliance. Investigators say they are working to identify the online seller of the refrigerator and talking to the people involved in both the transportation and its delivery. Apparently, uh, the cash will become property of the man who bought the fridge, according to South Korea law, if the rightful owner can't be tracked down. So, hey, bonus. Wow. But the money will become property of the state if it's found to have been involved in a crime. So there's that. That would be like, I mean, uh, you know, that would be my big true fear. You know, you have to be forced into doing the right thing sometimes. But like, if you buy something and find a bunch of cash attached to the bottom of it, you know somebody's going to come looking for that eventually, right? Yeah. So when you hunker down at a bunker. <laughs> And say, come and get it! Yeah, I'm not sure that's the way to go. But oh. I wonder if you, I mean, what's the first move Big J does? Let's say you buy something and it's got something taped to the bottom. It turns out to be a bunch of cash. Do you contact the person you bought it from or do you contact police? Because it's an absorbent uh, amount of money. An absorbent amount yeah, of money? I mean, like $130,000. That's a lot of money. It's yeah, not probably like a 50. Call, I would call the authorities. Okay, yeah, that's the smart play. That is the smart play. Or I just keep it. Yeah, see how that works out for you. I'm guessing. I didn't find nothing. What are you talking about? Right, I'm. I'm sure they'll believe that. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines and advice in case you find a bunch of money to tape to your fridge. <laughs> LA rats, there. I've been everywhere here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Are you telling me I'm gonna have to learn some new words? Yeah, some some new. Uh... Some new, I guess, terminology, Nick, uh, in the world of sobriety. Oh, okay. okay. Thanks to uh, celebrity types, uh, there's some new new kinds. You're not just sober anymore, Nick. Okay. Uh, you're sober light. What does that mean? Now, that according to The Weeknd, who uh, was the musical artist of this last latest Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Uh, said that uh, he considers himself sober light, meaning he drinks alcohol on occasion and smokes the ganj, but avoids hard drugs. Well, listen, man. <laughs> Why do we have to have terminology? Yeah, for this? I, I don't understand that either. Uh, and that uh, Demi Lovato, she calls herself California sober. Guess what California sober means, Nick? Uh, I wouldn't have any guess. Uh, it means you drink on occasion and you smoke the ganj. So it's the same as sober light. No, but the the, the sober light is you only drink on the weekends. The, the, the California sober thing is uh, you do it in moderation. No, that is the weekend saying that <laughs> that he drinks. I'm not sure that means he uh, only no, drinks. No, only on weekends, he said. The weekend said. I believe that's just on brand for him. Yeah. But, uh, so he, drinking and smoking ganj is Cal. It's not sober at all, guys. Yes. It's just not. No, it's not. 
We don't need to have a different term for so. All you have to do is just say, hey, listen, I don't do heroin anymore. That's all you need to tell us. Yeah. And that's fine. It is interesting because, you know, I mean, uh, there are occasions where you see, especially in, in our world of rock, uh, this is go, they go to rehab and then there's, you know, uh, maybe a slip or whatever. And they go back and they never really come right out and say what it is. Now, Jacoby Shaddix, he did tell me that that meant for him smoking some marijuana. I remember he had there was an incident. when he had a when you when you're saying when he went when he had a relapse yeah yeah okay. when he had a relapse so he he, he went ahead and, and he's not bashful about uh, that situation so you don't really hear that from artists very often of what you know what they term it all determine uh, their sobriety or whatnot well because so, sober means different things to different sure, people and yeah. being an, an, an addict means different things to different people as well for some people that problem is strictly drinking so they need to be yeah. sober from that for others it is fine for them to drink and eat even smoke marijuana but you know if they get on you know heroin again then it's bad news for them yeah and for some people that's a slippery slope and for others i'm not sure that's good for anybody if we have different terms for sobriety yeah i'll tell you what though if you want a real terminology of sobriety it's idaho how's that oh idaho sober no weed just lots of alcohol well as long as you're making willing to make a road trip you could do that stuff uh, but state yeah. sanctioned sobriety Correct. is what I'm talking state about. State sanctioned sobriety, yeah. Pretending that we're not surrounded by it on all sides is a wonderful. Blinders is basically the equivalent <laughs> of what we've got. <laughs> and so that's fine as well. But the reality of the situation is uh, if you're drinking and you're doing, you know, if you're smoking marijuana, uh, you, you're not sober. And that's fine. Nobody's asking you to be. As long as you're not doing yourself any kind of damage yeah, we, yeah, and you can control yourself, it's okay. Yeah, we don't need to be calling it other things. Right. That's exactly right. Having other terms for it seems like it's It's almost just like an achievement award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to call yourself sober when you're really not. That's fine. Give you, give you, you can give yourself a pat. And listen, that's why we created Instagram, to give ourselves pats on the back yeah. all the time. Oh, I'm sober. Hey, pass me that J, man. Right. No, no, you're not. Morning after with Nick and Big J, we got ourselves some bad impressions. Those are happening next on the x Rock. With- so far, I'm not impressed. Morning after with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. And we have a Papa Murphy's Boise meal deal to hook you up with here. A nice, uh, good old large pepperoni pizza, Nick. We'll get you some some cookie dough, some cheese bread, and then probably a two-liter bottle of soda there for you. All if you can figure out bad impressions. Number is 208-287-1003. Bad Impressions works like this. Big J's got three clues revolving around somebody pretty famous. Figure out who that famous person is, and dinner's on us. All you have to do is do that and get on the phone in order to play. Let's head to the phones and get ourselves a contestant. Hello, the X. How's it going? Good morning, man. What's your name? Ryan. Hi, Ryan. You're up first. I spent the late 70s and early 80s on TV's Taxi before starring in movies like Romancing the Stone, Johnny Dangerously, and Jewel of the Nile. Next. Arnie and I became friends after starring together in Twins. Uh... I've been Frank Reynolds on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for almost 15 years. I'm trying to remember the short hill guy's name. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Danny DeVito. There you go. That's right. Good job, man. You worked it out, and you're not wrong. Hang on one second. Let's get you that uh, that Papa Murphy's coming your way. Why is little Danny DeVito in the news? Well, you know, uh, I didn't really put this in there, but uh, once upon a time, he was a Batman villain, Nick uh, the Penguin. It's true. (laughs) That was pretty much his uh, line in there. And in a bizarre twist of turns, uh, he is going to be writing a DC comic uh, about the Penguin. 
Really? Yes. All right. Not the first time they've done this. They've tapped the celebrity angle before. DC and Marvel both have uh, gone to celebrities to write a little, like, a uh, quick little arc about it. But uh, I, I understand why they connected him to it. When does that happen? Yeah, it's uh, supposed to be uh, going down here pretty soon. That 96-page book features various stories about the Dark Knight's deadliest opponents and also includes uh, stories by G. Will. Willow Wilson and Joshua Williamson and more, uh, and of course, um, are we supposed to know who Danny that is? DeVito? No, I guess uh, Danny DeVito is going to be focusing on a story about the Penguin from uh, his role in Batman Returns. Okay, so, so this is like uh, the continuation of a story, or I guess the uh, the probably prequel of yeah, Batman yeah, Returns. Yeah, exactly. Considering how that turns out for the Penguin. But uh, should be interesting, unless unless <laughs> if I remember right, the last thing I remember the penguins carrying off the body of Danny DeVito in that particular movie. So maybe he lived. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it could be the further adventures of. Yeah, the Batman penguin. Return. That was never really one of my favorites. Ah, uh, yeah. Listen, not a lot of people enjoyed that movie. Although, listen, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was great in it. But yeah, that, that's where things started to get really weird, and then of course uh, Shoemaker took over, and then it, the got rest really is weird. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your bad impressions. We will do the wrap up of the show next on the X Rock. <laughs> That's the Foo Fighters making a fire. That's how we're going to wrap up the old morning after with Nick and Big J here on this Monday. Thanks for hanging out with us. We discuss the intricacies of getting six kidney beans stuck in your junk. Over the course of the show today, we also had a chance to discuss the drunkenness of NFL fans and, quite frankly, the drunkenness of moms across the country as well. Lots of drinking talk today over the course of the four hours. Thank you for hanging out with us. We even gave away some prizes. That fun will continue tomorrow along with another chance to play Streaming Dumbass with Big J and play the home game if you like. That'll happen tomorrow too, but it leaves you with the floor, Big J. Yeah, Nick, maybe it's not so much the celebrity opinions that we should have a problem with, but it's the polls that follow that back up with the ridiculousness they say. Uh, and I'm talking about, of course, your Dax Shepard, Kristen Bell. I mean, we talked about the shower situation yeah. the last couple weeks. Yeah. And a poll has been done from your average everyday American. One poll survey found that 51% say they must shower regularly. It's only 51%. Yeah, see, this is my problem. And this is, you wonder why I'm a germaphobe. This is why. Because people are gross. And they, they take pride in their grossness. And it's really, really weird. And it's disgusting, and this is why I uh, I, I walk around with <laughs> with as much uh, cleaning supplies as I can to make sure that I keep myself as clean as possible. Because yeah, for some reason we we think it's okay to be disgusting, and I don't know how that happened or why, but uh, we're we're okay with it. And it's fairly disheartening. Hopefully, there'll be more water for other people to go uh, shower now. <laughs> no, we're using it all on irrigation. Uh, don't forget, next set of X-Rock is brought to you by Team Mazda. If you need a car loan do-over, get online pre-approval with the I pre-check button at GoTeamMazda.com, the one you hear about all the time on the X. It is there and ready for you to click at GoTeamMazda.com. Jason Drew is swinging in here next. We will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. It's the X-Rock.